whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is the Women in Gridiron Show, Season 2, Episode 15. Now, this week, um, it's, been, it's been a big weekend. It's, it's been Easter. Uh, we've changed things up a little bit here on the podcast. So we're kind of, instead of going with our usual questions from the DMs, we've kind of installed a mini segment here, which we're calling the warm-up. So the warm-up's where we can talk about all different kinds of things. This week, I want to ask the panel who I've got here tonight. I've got Christy and I've got Danny. Uh, how was your Easter, Christy? Uh, my Easter's been great. Um, it seems in my old age I've moved from chocolate to red wine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm spending it with uh, taking the opportunity to spend it with friends. I'm over at Coochie Mudlow Island, which is just off the uh, Victorian point here in Queensland. It's a lovely little island and it's nice and quiet. There's nothing to do and I'm relishing it. I would kill to be somewhere with no phone service right about now. Uh, we had a bit of a hectic episode. Obviously, I've got my daughter Mackenzie uh, and we had a family situation going on today. Uh, family came over, did a big visit. Um, she went to a, the Easter fair the other day and she brought home this uh, this dinosaur balloon and it's got these feet. And for some reason, it just it keeps ending up somewhere random around the house. So every time I turn a corner, I see this damn dinosaur balloon and it scares the crap out of me. Um, so that's been a fun experience the last couple of days. But, you know, we did the usual seafood on Good Friday, done Easter eggs, all the food, all the beers. And tonight we're back talking about football, which is exciting. Danny, how was your Easter? Look, it was pretty uneventful, actually. Um, I have spent most of my weekend at home, um, not seeing too much family at the moment, seeing them tomorrow. Uh, I was actually meant to be surprising family and friends in the States um, for a couple of weeks. But since I had COVID a couple of weeks back, about a month back, um, I ended up not going ahead with booking those flights. So just here for Easter, pretty much going to see family tomorrow, but otherwise pretty uneventful at the moment. Oh, man, COVID's just hitting people hard. <clears throat> you know, same thing over here. My sister's boyfriend got COVID, so it put a little bit of a a kink in our plans as well but you know good to see that we're finally getting back out there and you know COVID's not it's just inconveniencing us on a, a different scale I think a little bit more personally than it did last time all right so let's get started with our first segment tonight the breakdown it's do or die one game got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money this is what the greatest thing about sports is you play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> That's right. This is the breakdown where we are looking into some key matchup games happening at the moment. We are heading back over to the USA um, and heading to a game with the WFA, uh, which is a first for us. Usually we've been having a look at the WNFC, but this week we actually wanted to look at the Boston Renegades versus the DC Divas game, which was the WFA's game of the week. Now, Christy and Danny, you guys have both played both these teams. Looking at the DC Divas, obviously we've got one of our Aussies, Kaya Blakely, uh, playing a linebacker over there. Um, 
you know, as as far as an organization goes, like their defense, like Danny said, you know, they are big girls. And from what I can saw from the game was they did so well at getting into the backfield, um, which was surprising given the caliber of Boston. You know, these guys are um, multiple national champions. They've got one of the best quarterbacks that there ever has been. The GOAT, Alison Cahill, uh, sitting there behind the realm. But these these DC Diva D-line um, were just able to get into the backfield in certain times where I was really surprised um, at their ability to do so, given how well this Boston Renegades offensive line generally holds up. Danny, what was your thoughts about that? Look, I think they're really big bodies, like I said before, and they did penetrate quite well. Um, but honestly, I think kudos to the Boston line because I thought they actually played really really well um you know they were quite quick um to to their blocks and quite quick off the mark quite strong too so I think they actually held held their own pretty well with um with up on that deep um against that defense um, today so um kudos to them though and obviously sitting over on the Boston Renegades side, you know, we have a kind of a vested in- interest in this game because we've got a couple of Aussies playing in there. So on the other side, obviously, we've got Heather Marini, um, who's been on the podcast before. She actually was, uh, she took a couple of snaps in a quarterback uh, for Boston in their last drive of the game. Um, you know, it was great to see her out on the field. Great to see her getting some film out that she can send to the coaches for the Outback uh, campaign. Um, but it's just nice to have another Aussie, you know, in one of those specialised positions that we can go, hey, that's one of ours and, and we did this as a country. So it was really awesome to see Heather uh, going out there and, and, and doing a thing um, behind one of the goats that was. Yeah, agreed. And I think um, kudos to Heather also because um, she did come in late in the game um, and that's hard. That's tough um, to be on the sideline and as much as you can get in it, into it, into it um, on the sideline, there's, there's warming up and then there's playing, isn't there? So um, she had to come in ready to go um, and she got, she got to uh, take a few snaps there, which is excellent. And I have no doubt um, she is watching and learning and studying from, from the best, um, which is Carla, number seven of the um, Boston Renegades and um, having such a backfield. Um, was really, really good. So, um, yeah, kudos to her getting out there and she's doing it. Look, I think you make a really good point there, Christy. Like, I know when I went over to Seattle, I started off as a second string and the first kind of game I didn't get on till the very, the very end. And it is nerve-wracking, you know, coming on, uh, coming on under your, you know, first string who's been there for years, who, you know, knows the playbook back back to front, um, just is, you know, amazing and stuff. And coming in underneath them, trying to trying to take your reps for the next, you know, whether it be five minutes, 10 minutes, a quarter or whatever, it can be really, really tough. And those jitters and stuff um, are going to have to, you're going to have to work through those. And they're the same things that you're going to have to actually work through, like through the next game too. Because if you don't get on, you know, quite early in the piece, you're still going to be working through those jitters through the next couple of games coming up. So hopefully we get to see Heather, um, coming up next game, maybe get some more minutes and stuff like that to really get her all the jitters out and just let's just see her get in there and really perform really well. Uh, agree. Uh, yeah, 100%. And I think also um, another, 
I guess, discipline around it too is you have the likes of a first string, which is they're obviously very good um, at what they've done. They've, they've, um, they have a way of working and a way of running that huddle, particularly a QB um, in that skill set. And it's one thing to learn um, from that person, but you have to then go on and be you. Um, and not try to replicate being that person for the team. So the team has to adjust to a, a, a QB that might talk differently, run a huddle differently, run the offense differently, um, but in a but find a way that's um, that's you but equally effective. So um, yeah, it's it's not easy at all. And and we're flying over there and trying to um, fit into a team, you know. And usually just a few weeks before you're getting out and playing games. So it, it's it's all the dynamics that, uh, that people don't just think that start off the field that need to happen so yeah a lot goes into it guys uh you know this game was back and forth uh you know a slow start in the first half but then really kind of picked up christy i know you really wanted to talk about the defense here what have you got well firstly a big shout out to um the boston d line um and their linebackers i thought the way they were sinking together and filling gaps was really uh obviously um i noted that the dc divas changed their formation and they had the double tight ends and things like that to give more protection and more time because they just were just um um, penetrating into the backfield um but one thing that um is thing uh, one thing for people to note when they are watching these high level games is um and i've noticed that was great from the defense from both teams actually is their acute awareness of where they are on the field, where that first down marker is. Um, And the way, um, particularly DC Divas, actually, um, were able to stop that ball carrier just millimetres from getting a first down and forcing just that one more play because that from a defense perspective, forcing that one more play to get their fresh downs mean that they have another opportunity to get that ball back, um, to get a tackle for loss, push them back, those sorts of things. So I just, um, that's one thing that I, I um, think having that sense of awareness on the field, not just following that ball, but knowing exactly where you have to stop a team. And that obviously um, plays a lot into the defensive play calls, but knowing even in the play exactly where that line is, um, is another level. And I think that's something that people should really work towards if you're on defense. Completely agree. Completely agree. It's one thing, uh, you know, to say, okay, we just got to give them one more stop. But if that stop needs to come within three yards, like you have to be super aggressive and the whole team needs to know that this is where you need to stop them. Otherwise they get another opportunity. And like you said, every opportunity that a defense gets uh, on the field is an opportunity for them to uh, force a, force a fumble, turn the ball over, force the momentum change. Um, So that's what I like personally. That's what I love about playing defense. Um, Danny, I know you had a highlight that you've just been, telling us about nonstop because you loved it so much tell the podcast what was what was this highlight uh, of the game for you look I did have a highlight I think I watched it about 10 times so it was when Cahill threw this beautiful TD it was a nice scene so they had trips out on the right they had then a tight um tight end on the left and then the running back out to the left of um of Cahill and they motioned the running back out to the left They then did a smash concept on the trip side on the right and the safety one high safety just decided and everyone decided just float just once the ball snapped everyone just flowed to the right to where the trips trips were and that tight end just went on that seam and Cahill just 
bam, straight down the seam, straight for a TD. And it was honestly just lovely to watch. It was a really, really good play, um, really well, well read. And yeah, I literally watched it 10 times. It was actually really nice. So if you go back and have a watch of the game, guys, try and find that um, part in there. I think it was in before, was it the second, third half, third quarter, sorry. I think it might've been the third quarter. Um, but yeah, check it out. It was actually a really, really, really um, good play. Yeah, and you'd be watching the the goat. I do love a third half also. (laughs) Love a third half. Yeah, look, just on that, I just want to say that I think I'm really looking forward to seeing the DC Divas in the upcoming weeks. They didn't have much in their arsenal um, today, but I think once they start expanding that out and doing some more things, getting more reps in at practice, making sure that they've got everything under control, I think they'll be actually really good um, come mid-season and I think they're going to be contending up and when they play them again next. Yeah, so final score in the uh, Boston DC Divas games, it was it was a blowout, but honestly, I don't think looking at the game that you thought that the score was going to um, kind of reflect that kind of the way that it's turned out. So Boston Renegades 69, DC Divas 28. Shout out to our Aussies, Heather Marini and Kaya Blakely. Well done, guys, ripping the Aussie flag over there. All right, guys, let's move into our next segment, which is All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? It's what we dream to do. It's not just a man's game anymore. It doesn't matter how you separate us, we're still one big team, and that's for women's football. It is in our DNA, spiraling through double helixes. It courses through our veins. Through this blood, we are connected. Football is our family. All right, this is All Ball, and this week we're doing something a little bit different. Um, obviously, we don't have Beck and we don't have Nat, um, and, you know, it's been a big weekend with, you know, lots of drinking. So we didn't really feel like it was time for us to really step in um, to the concepts and, and talk smart football. Um, so we actually wanted to take this all the way back and kind of, kind of talk about our origin stories, about how we started playing football, because it's coming to that time of the year where recruitment is starting. Um, and, you know, we thought that this would be a really great chance for us to share where we came from, how we've ended up here um, and try and, you know, say to the, all the girls out there that want to give it a go that, it, we respect everyone from any background, any sport that comes uh, comes and plays football. And you know, you don't have to be big, you don't have to be fast, you don't have to be strong. You just you just need a combination of all or a little bit of those things, and a lot of heart and a lot of willingness to give everything a go. So, Danny, I'm going to kick this one off with you because you've been playing, um, you know, one of the longest out of all of us here. So, what's your origin story? Where did you start? How did you start? How did you get here? So my background, I was really, really sporty. And back in 2000, when I was in college, 2018, I decided to not give up basketball, but kind of transition into playing rugby. Um, And I was lucky enough to make the Brumbies, Brumby, ACT Women's Brumbies um, squad two years in a row. I think it's two years in a row, yeah. How did I not know know this? Like, how did I not know this? Back in the day, Stace. Back in the day, I think it was... I've been trying to learn rugby for the last couple of weeks and all yeah, this time here with all, all this knowledge. Man. Yeah. yeah. So I was playing uh, yeah, rugby and I was having one of my best seasons um, and I was in the, was in the Brumby squad and I think it was 2010. Um, 
And I had a pretty bad, devastating knee injury um, that kind of scarred me, unfortunately, from playing rugby again. I had to get um, quite a quite intense kind of surgery on my uh, on my left knee um, from being involved in a ruck, getting hit from the side um, of a ruck, and yeah, it just kind of scarred me. And I thought to myself, "Geez, what am what am I going to do? I would love to go back to rugby, but..." I just didn't have it in me to be anywhere near a ruck. I didn't want that whole situation to be happening with my leg again, where it was in all kinds of places and pain and horrible. Um, so when I was rehabbing, I found out that there was a, I guess, a, a trial day for gridiron. And I was like, oh, I'll go down and have a look. So I went down and had a look and I was still in on rehab at that stage. Um, so just went down to trainings for months. Um, and then once I was, back being able to run and stuff after rehab I was there ever since pretty much playing training all of the above um so I came from a rugby background so we talk you know we've we've spoken about your injuries now I didn't know about the knee this was a this is a new one I guess had I known that I would I mean I wouldn't have gone any easier on you every time I've come up against you but how, how have you how do you come back from such a devastating knee injury to playing football especially in a position like quarterback where you are you are literally on your own unless you've got your offensive line in front of you like what's that mentality like look I do have to say because it was my first kind of major injury and coming into like a major rehab it was it was really really tough and I think I didn't take my rehab probably as seriously as I should have you know being back how old was I 20 you know I was 20 years old not thinking that I needed to fully do my rehab every day, unfortunately. So, you know, you, you get all get now with all my other injuries, like I had like I've I done my wrist and I did my wrist and had surgery on it um about seven weeks before going to Outback Camp in 2017, 16, 17. Um and I was a Nazi with my rehab in that. I think you get older, you get wiser, you know what you you need to do to get your body um back into back into performance shape to where you can um play and things like that so um, yeah, I, I just we have to you have to I mean Chris Moran's just sitting there on the screen just shaking her head um you know older and wiser I don't think are too too much like Christiana stands well at all I mean nope. you know we're talking injuries you know I think was it was both of you guys had wrist situations at Outback Christy were you yeah, still, I, you still I in the feel past? like I feel like Denny's trying to copy me, to be honest. A little bit. Because um, uh, probably my one really uh, significant injury um, in gridiron, which I'm pretty proud to say, um, given the position I've played, I, I you know, um, I, I am made to get hit and tackled um, and um, probably previously been slightly overused, but um, uh, running the ball. But, yeah, I did my my wrist. I completely shattered it, displaced it. It was halfway down my forearm. Um, um, I asked the strapper to strap it up because it was a playoff. Um, and funnily enough, he refused. So definitely I'm, I'm older but definitely not smarter. Um, and then I refused an ambulance to come because I didn't want the other team to know that um, I was injured. <laughs> Um, I always play in the mental game. <laughs> yes. 
So, um, but I think I have, I've never watched the film, um, funnily enough, I've never watched it, but yeah, it was, it was just before the first camp. So that was the year before, I think 2016. Um, and I had surgery. Um, the surgery was not done well enough. Um, I had to go back into emergency surgery. So I had a second surgery and actually had to go, uh, it was quite complicated. Um, and uh, that was about, I still had sutures in or stitches in my arm when I was at the first camp. Um, and I, I don't know if you remember, Stacey had the brace on and everything and I was doing everything. I did everything. I did contact. I, although when I got tackled, I was a turtle. I was all bent over and protecting my arm, but I was trying to catch the ball, run the ball, fend um that's how badly like then and I know that's where Denny's coming from that's how badly we wanted it so um we've played through some horrible injuries for sure but I think that also demonstrates how badly we want to play this game and play at the highest level yeah and I guess looking at looking at origin stories here too Christy like you you're doing everything right now we're talking netball rugby touch footy you were mainly a touch footy head to start with right like and we've spoken a lot about how that transition from touch football into the running back position is is so key because all the run all the really good running backs that I've ever seen in Australia all come from a touch footy background um because you guys can read holes read gaps um read leverage really really well Give us a little bit more uh, information about your origin story. I know you started with the Jets back in the day. Yeah, so um, I was actually a track, uh, track and field athlete, hept athlete, um, which I, I loved the challenge of, the mental challenge of that. Um, it's you against a clock or you against points. If you've ever done heptathlons, it's seven events over two days. Um, so, um, but... When I went to university, I actually started playing touch football. I'd played it during school and really enjoyed it. And I fell in love with team sports again then. And I was an absolute, if you've ever met a touch football player, they play like 50 times a week. And, oh, my God, you know, it's a social, competitive, you know, they're everyday heroes, right? The social um, is never of, social. Social is never social. It no. is always competitive depending. You can be playing in the most social league where people are drinking beer on the sidelines and then you'll always have that one person that's like, man, I'm going to give it to you real good. Yeah. Especially when it's the world touch. Yes. Yep. Um, and I played um, a lot of in a lot of the men's games too. So, um, and so I, I didn't not did not come from a contact sport background at all. Um, I didn't play rugby. Um, I'm trying that now at 41, but uh, <laughs> um, I had no experience of contact sport. Um, and a friend of mine um, came and said, "Hey." from watching me play touch football, you'd be really good. We're, we're putting together the first grid, full kick gridiron team. And I said to her, no effing way am I playing that game. That's insane. I've seen highlights of it, that NFL stuff, they're crazy. No way, no way I could do contact. So I went and played a game of mixed touch, think that very night. I got done for four rough touches on male players and I started to think, oh. Maybe, maybe I could do contact. Nobody here likes me. Um, anyway, I would, was being a good friend, went down to watch her play her first game of gridiron. This was in two, 2012 and was just in awe of it. Um, and I was signed up by halftime. Now, I had to go and do all my rep representative touch football duties um, for a few weeks, came back. 
Um, it was with Logan City Jets. Um, there were three teams at the time were playing seven aside. I got kitted up half an hour before a game. I got shown what a, a slant route was, take three steps and then go 45 degrees. I'm like, radio. Um, first ball that was thrown to me, I caught with my face mask, plucked it out of my face mask and ran. Uh, second time I was throwing the ball, I caught it between my thighs, which I think was more my pads than me, um, because this ball is a lot smaller and I'm catching it like a typical touch football player. Um, and then somebody said, oh, can you go on at running back? And I'm like, what the hell is that? And my friend happened to be filling in for Ella at that time as QB. And she said, just stand behind me. We got, it was a pitch. She said, we're just going to run like it's touch football. And she pitched it out to me. And I went running down the sideline, touchdown. I went, ooh, I think this is more me. So the second time we thought that worked. So, of course, we didn't have many plays in our playbook. So we did it again. And I'm running down the sideline. But, of course, the safety was aware what was going on this time, better aware and was coming at me and I just went oh I don't know what contact is because I haven't been touched don't touch yet, me mind you. don't touch me no, don't touch me so I'm running down the sideline now in touch football you can't step out so I just thought just run faster so her, me and the safety slam into each other uh, she goes flying one way I go flying the other way I forget I have a helmet on my head with a face cage so I just go to you know, slide on my stomach like you wouldn't touch, but the face cage hits the ground. My head snaps back. I have the worst whiplash. I am bruised from head to toe and I come off and the coach says to me, why didn't you just run out? And I was like, because I didn't want to lose possession of the ball. And he goes, no, you can run out. <laughs> so that was my introduction. I was in, I couldn't turn my neck for weeks. My head was crushed from that helmet that was not really fitted correctly. And I came back again, God knows why. Can I just say on the helmet thing, do you remember back when we were playing in 2012, 2013, how big, well, for, for us in ACT anyway, how big our shoulder pads were, how oh big our- Oh yes, everything was massive. <laughs> that didn't fit properly. I had a $50 so pair of like men's pads when I first started. Like the club had them spare, fairly certain they were lineman pads, fairly certain they were 10 years old and they had like a good five inches of like padding on the inside. They were out here. And I even think that I had, I'd left my, um, I had a shut helmet and I left my M sticker on the front of the helmet for some reason and I was like man this I'm like are we sure that this is this is fitting all right but no you're completely right I mean back in the day just it, all nothing just didn't fit did it nothing at all fit you know and it actually wasn't until we got to Canada that we spoke to Mike Crawley and uh he's like you guys are wearing pads that are too big and we're like what do you mean we're all wearing these pads with boobs because apparently that's what women needed to wear back then and and it's not you know and now we look at things and you know I've got pads that are you know Chrissy's got smallest pads you know these smallest pads youth xls uh you know I've got a really light pair of zenith pads and just the evolution of our um our equipment has just gotten so much better but man there's no, I'm I'm not even not even are surprised that all of us got concussions in those first couple of years because nothing fit right. Coaches didn't know how to fit us. No one knew how to fit us properly. And here we are just going out smashing heads with people week on week. 
praise Mike. Um, and we found some, yes, yeah, some kids size ones and they are my go-to. I love them. I've worn them every game since. Um, so, and it just, yeah, you look at it now and it just looks so cute. <laughs> I don't know about cute. I mean, massive shoulder pads, <laughs> massive helmet. Like I kind of just look like a bobblehead, like looking back at the old photos. <laughs> Great. That's exactly right. And then you've still got girls now that still can't lift their arms like because their pads are still too big. Anyway, that's a story for another day. We could probably get someone on from an equipment manager standpoint to talk us through the finite specialised women's pads that are actually coming out. So that's actually kind of exciting. Um, my origin story was I've never played contact sport. Um, I played baseball and softball. I played softball at a representative level. Um, I played basketball, did all the things when I was younger. Um, took a lot of time off sport when I hit my teenage years, started working, life got in the way. Um, and it kind of wasn't until I moved to Sydney uh, about 12 years ago, I got back into sport and I was living with um, my old flatmate who I met in a bar as you do when you're in your 20s, you're like, hey, do you want to come and, you know, let's be roommates together. Uh, and she played AFL and she's gone to me one day. She's gone, oh, hey, there's this, uh, there's this gridiron thing, um, tryout day coming up. Do you want to go? And I'm like, gridiron? I'm like, I don't know a lot about gridiron. You know, one of my favorite movies when I was younger was Little Giants. You know, I wanted to be Icebox. Um, so that was really exciting. I'd actually watched a Super Bowl when I was really young. Uh, it was on SBS at like 3 a.m. in the morning. I couldn't sleep one night and I just turned it on. And I was like, I don't know. I have no idea what's happening in this game, but it's kind of interesting. So that's the only reference that I had about football. So I've, I've rocked up and uh, you know, there's some girls down there that are still involved with the sport today. One happens to be my amazing partner, KG, um, and my coach, Dane, first things he said to me were well you're not fast and you're not strong and I'm like well what is what's left for me here you know I couldn't I mean I could catch a ball you know that was fine but we didn't have anyone to throw the ball and I'm like I mean I can I've a bay. I know you know we speak about this all the time he lo- he forgets the compliment sandwich you know um, he forgot the sandwich part of the compliment sandwich or the compliment rather um, so I said hey look I can throw a ball um because I was, you know, softball pitcher, baseball pitcher, my accuracy is pretty good. And so that was my position. I had the smallest O-line in the world, you guys. Like, like they were tiny, tiny people. And I was the most sacked quarterback, I think, for the for two years. Danny, you would probably attest to this. Like, we played against each other a couple of times. Like, it, it was not fun for me. I've taken many, many, and many a hit uh, in my life because I had a really small O-line. Um, but until that point... I kind of never understood what team sports actually meant. And these girls that I met then are still in my life now. And football's the family that we choose, you know. Yeah, look, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I still remember when I came up to play um, in the Sydney comp and, you know, here we come, us ACT girls bring a carload of ACT people and most of the, us were defensive people. And I think I do remember you running around in the backfield of fair bit like running away from our D-line and our linebackers um, that, that, that year. So um, you, you did good, though. You did good. And look where you've come. come. You, you look how far you've come. No, honestly, look how back. far you've come. <laughs> good job. I mean, you know, I, I had a, a football position um, identity crisis um, a good couple of did years ago. Did you catch ago. a ball with your face mask, though? I did not. 
I did not. But yeah, I had a football identity crisis. I was a quarterback for a long time, and I love, I love quarterback. I just love throwing the ball. Um, all the other stuff, the leadership stuff, the organizing people, I'm no good. I had my my center had to write left and right on her back of her socks. She had to wear a blue sock and a red sock because that's how we went left and right because I just just messed up my brain. Um, so we had to make things super simple. And so I, when I moved to defensive back, I moved to corner. Um, and my obviously my knowledge from quarterback transitioned really, really well. And I fell in love with being a beast on the field. And I've spoken in my one-on-one episode on the podcast um, how CJ – changed my life um the fact that she destroyed me on the field um and it was that point in my life where I was going through a lot I was going through a lot of anxiety I had some mental health issue I was I was just trying to find myself I guess as a as a person and CJ despite her not knowing this or not you know she changed my life because I didn't want to be a victim anymore I'm like I'm not gonna let anyone run over me anymore and so I didn't from that day so that's kind of how we got here which is kind of nice I would consider that an injury whilst it was um you know um didn't have the recovery time or surgery or anything like that um I I think it's uh we need to normalize that sometimes getting head knocks is should be thought of as an injury that needs rehab time and um as much uh TLC as a, a wrist injury Oh, I completely agree. But at the same time, I didn't ever see it as a career defining. I mean, I I should have. I mean, yes. Okay. You're completely right. You know, things happen the way they happen, but yes, head knocks are completely serious and they should be checked out. Um, We've all had too many. uh, So yeah, we'll see how that ends up in a little while. Um, But guys, if anyone out there is wanting to play football, you can come from any background, contact sport, not contact sport, big, little, small fast I don't know what other shapes and sizes there are but whatever you are you have a position on the field for uh for that so come and join us um especially now all clubs are getting back into recruiting um and hopefully we'll be able to get around the country talk to some clubs um and really promote getting some new girls uh in and growing our sport all right guys let's wrap this one up with rapid fire and we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things what you need to know tonight your apologies to matt damon we ran out of time for him tonight we'll get him on the air again soon oh my boss is saying closing time maybe that's what you mean uh but tonight's rapid fire is dream positions positions that you would want to play positions you have always dreamed and envisioned um that you could play uh yeah Chrissy, I'm going to throw this over to you because we know what you're going to say. Look, it is no surprise because I bang on about it every opportunity in the hope that somebody will hear me and put me in at linebacker. I've been hit for so many years, I wouldn't mind hitting. Um, so, and what and, and interesting what you said about moving from QB to DB. Um, same for me. The way I um, look at it when I'm reading um, a run play as a defensive player, I think, what would I do? Um, and I just I can adapt really quickly and um, kind of preempt what uh, the backfield is going to do. So I do find that those op- opposing positions are quite complementary. And I do encourage people to learn that to better themselves in each of those positions and just in football generally. Yeah, completely agree with that. Danny, you've played a couple of positions in your lifetime. Is there one that you want the opportunity to play? Look, I've, I'm kind of 
torn between two. Of course, I love playing my safety when I get to play it. Um, I love being able to kind of, like Christy was saying, be on the other end and kind of reading what's happening and where things are going to be going and stuff. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go with if I could have a, any position I wanted, I think I'm going to have to go D end only because I tried to play it a couple of years ago um, when we were just kind of having a bit of a casual season um, and I just loved it. I loved it. And it was just nice being on the other end, being like on just on that edge, like staring down like the mesh point, getting, you know, getting off that, um, getting the contain and stuff like that, um, being on the other end of it. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. So I think that for me would be um, the position that out of everything, if I could play it, maybe it'd be that. Oh, that is not the position that I thought you were going to say at all, like at all. That And that that's so surprising. I love it. DN. Oh, I like it. Uh, we it actually reminds moved. me of Marissa Hayes who moved yeah. from wide receiver to DN. can be done, Danny. It can be done. It's just because I see people obviously all the time at quarterback in that DN spot just staring me down. I'm like, I just want to be them. Like, I want to do that. To, I want to do that to someone. I want to do that to, to the me that was there. Give me, give me a crack. I think it'd be fun. It would be fun, definitely, definitely. I've like I've gotten few chances in my career to blitz a quarterback, um, so I guess my dream position would be linebacker, uh, also middle linebacker specifically, just so I could flow with the ball and kind of do my own thing. Um, you know, I've had that opportunity a couple of times. I remember playing a game against UTS, and I was sitting in that middle linebacker position, and I've got oh oh it's on it's on this blitz is coming I'm going to go for it. You know, the calls come in and I'm allowed to go. So I've gone and run in and these these massive O-line girls just stood up, literally just like, I think they linked arms. And it was kind of like when you play that Red Rover, Red Rover game and you run through the arms. I literally just went ass over, fell on my ass, got flattened from way up high. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe that actually just happened. Um, but yeah, so I think if I was a little bit bigger, a little bit stockier, a little bit... Um, faster I guess probably um I'd like to play middle linebacker um but yeah I see where you're coming from Danny like putting a hit on a quarterback like when you've been a quarterback and you know how it feels you're like oh I just want to get you under the ribs and just like oh get you right in there as a Dan I just want to go whack him so I just want to give that back to you know other people that have kind of given that to me in the <laughs> past so that's that's really the only reason we're not vindictive it's really all. I think it's really interesting that we've all gone to the dark side. All right, guys, that's all we have time for tonight. As always, give this episode a download if you like what you heard. Get in touch with your local club if you want to play this season. Follow Motorsport on socials. We are on all platforms. Give us a comment if there's something uh, that you think that we've missed during our origin story, our recap of the DC Divas Boston game. Um, tell us your origin story. How did you start? What would what story would you share to get other girls uh, interested in the sport? Uh, and if you really like us, give us a five on the Spotify reviews. And until next next week, we will catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. Team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.